Welcome to the Steelers by the Lake podcast. My name is James Strong, joined once again by my co-host Cody Tanner. Cody, how are you on this miserable Monday? Miserable Monday. That's what we're gonna go with. Uh, I'm okay. Yeah. I'm yeah. I'm all right. You know, I had a good day at work, and now we're here, and we got to watch this pitiful game yesterday, and we'll get to talk about it. But before we get there, James, how you doing? I'm okay, man. You're okay. I'm okay. <laughs> yeah, not a whole lot to celebrate this weekend, especially with the way that Pittsburgh played. We'll get into all that. There's a lot of things that happened before that. Um, we're going to talk about Steelers news. Reminder to everybody real quick, five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts or any other platform that allows reviews. We'll get you a shout-out immediately. And make mm-hmm. sure to go download the PSF app, Pro Sports Fans. We have a live show on there every Wednesday. Get involved. Get a little interaction with the fans. Get with you guys and can chat Steelers football. Uh, now, as we move on to this, James, the big news before the game, Steelers activated tight end Pat Fryermuth from the IR. Uh, love Thank that. goodness. We needed it. We needed it bad. Uh, I wish we yeah. would have used him more in the game, but we still <laughs> needed him bad. Yeah. Um, but then they also signed uh, Michael Walker to the 53-man from, from the practice squad as well. Yeah, that's the middle linebacker. Uh, he was... I think he's been on the practice squad for about a month now. So uh, semi-familiar with the team. He's got a lot of starting experience on other teams. Uh, Beyond that, the Steelers did move safety Keanu Neal to the injured reserve, which means that rib injury is a lot worse than we realized it was. So might have had some bones that needed to be uh, set back in place or something, some broken broken ribs or something. That's Usually if you have broken ribs, they just tape you up and say, well, you know, deal with it for a month and there's no real danger unless it's a compound fracture. Yeah. If you get a compound fracture and ribs are out of place, then they have to do surgery to put them back in place. Cause then you're on the danger of getting like a punctured lung or something real serious like that. So uh, obviously whatever his injury was not the minor variety. Uh, we may find out later on down the road. This might be the last time we ever see Keanu Neal in a Steelers Jersey as well. Yeah. So you just don't know how that's going to play out. Uh, with Keanu Neal going to the injured reserve, that meant they needed another safety. They elevated safety Trenton Thompson. Uh, also, middle linebacker Tariq Carpenter, so that there would be some backup linebackers as well in this game. Yep. Um, so those guys were both ready to go and suited up for the game versus the Cleveland Browns. Yep, they did that they did. Some guys that didn't suit up, uh, the inactive for the game, Mason Rudolph as the third quarterback. Uh, Minka Fitzpatrick, Montravius Adams, offensive tackle Dylan Cook. Uh, Darius Rush, the newly acquired cornerback, still hasn't been uh, suiting up. And then the running back, Godwin Igabuke. So all those guys did not suit up for the game. Uh, and this game, James, I don't feel like really anyone suited up, quite frankly, other than maybe Jalen <laughs> Warren, Alandon Roberts, and Trenton Thompson, honestly. Um, yeah. It, it uh, was and, a rough one. And I would have to say the, the defensive line did a good job of the run, too. That's true. So Cam Hayward, Keanu Benton. Um, I don't know, Larry Ogunjobi didn't really pop that much to me during the game, uh, but I felt like Benton and Hayward at least were rolled out against the run. Yeah, Hayward so. got a tackle with one arm while he was being held. I mean, it was... Yeah, yeah that was impressive. <laughs> I was like, dang, okay. <laughs> and it was all grip strength. Like, he grabbed the running back by, like, his jersey and pants around the waist mm-hmm. and then just grabbed him and slammed him to the ground. I was like, holy crap, that's impressive, man. Yeah. 
yeah, just unfortunate that the offense was so lackluster again. Um, in, in their James, just to put in perspective for you, real quick. Yeah, in, let's do that. In the uh, three of the first four, no, excuse me, three of the first five. So over fifty percent of the first drives didn't go ten yards. Hmm. And the first one went negative two, which was on the one that you know arguably was a safety, wasn't a safety, whatever. Um, but just a sad, sad, pitiful offensive. I don't even know what out, output is what you would call yeah. it or lack thereof is that that's the point. I wouldn't call it output because there was nothing there um, to go into halftime scoreless. And we were down what 10 Z or 10 zero at half. And then, yeah. you know, we came out and we, we thought we had something going first drive touchdown, but we'll get to that later. I don't know. I'm just shocked at how horribly we started this game after how the last two weeks went. Yeah, I was hoping for a lot more, but, you know, after that first play, uh, more is less sometimes, right? Uh, and Dan Moore is a lesser skilled tackle than Chikoma Okorafor, in my opinion. Um, in a game where your biggest concern was the pass rushing capability of the defensive linemen, um, man, uh, maybe let's let's have a conversation with Chooks and uh, say, okay, this is enough punishment and let him play because Dan Moore can't pass block. And I know that he's a, a very good run blocker, but you keep on marching him out there against Miles Garrett as if he's going to slow him down and he doesn't. Uh, and then some of the times he doesn't even understand that he's supposed to block him until he's passed him already. Like on the very first offensive play of the game, Miles Garrett's lined opposite Darnell Washington to the left of Dan Moore immediately slants inward and Dan Moore is somehow surprised by this with no one else to block still is surprised that he has to block miles Garrett and miles Garrett goes right by him. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't even, I don't even know if he got a hand on his, he front, did uh, on his front. He got his left hand. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I yeah. don't know. I mean, it wasn't enough to really even slow him down. No, not it's at all. Like, what are we doing here, man? Like that should be a double team situation. And instead he's being lazy in his past set. That's basically the best thing I can say. Uh, it's probably the kindest thing I can say. Uh, and because of it gets Kenny absolutely murdered on the first play. Well, how well do you think your quarterback's going to play when on the very first play of the game, offensively, your quarterback gets absolutely mauled by their best defensive player who barely even gets touched when there are two people in his way. Honestly, three. Because Didn't they put someone else over there to help out? I think there was somebody to the left of Darnell as well, okay. yeah. Yeah. And he just, he just ran away from him. Yeah. At, th at that point, you, the guard needs to be aware of potential inside rush moves. No, but I mean, he went between the, the tight end and the tackle. Oh, I thought he went in between the t guard and the tackle. I must have. No, he was lined over top of the tight end, went inside of the tight end, but outside of the tackle and somehow neither one of them even slowed him down. Yeah. Ridiculous. That's what's embarrassing. Like that's literally your responsibility. Dan Moore is, is that guy right there. He had no one else even lined up opposite him to challenge the hole. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, right there, we'll talk offensive line quite quickly here. Um, at what point do you say, okay, Chooks, you said you made a comment about the coaching staff that we didn't like, but we understand you're going to give us a better 
chance to win and you're going to protect our future face of the franchise quarterback, supposedly like on that first play, I immediately would have been like, okay, is it worth making a point of, Hey, you're not going to talk because that's all they're doing at this point. Right. I can't imagine there's more to this now. No. Yeah. This is all disciplinary at this point. I mean, I get it. Like Chooks is not the most physical dude in the world, but he's generally a pretty good pass rusher or pass blocker. And I feel like it's such a double-edged sword because you're finally running the ball well and you're running the ball because he has physical run-blocking offensive linemen out there. But in doing so, it's a massive downgrade in pass blocking between Dan Moore and Jukes. So if you switch back and you put Broderick Jones back over on left tackle and you get Jukes back out there at right tackle, now you can't really run to the right side because Jukes doesn't get any push. Unless do you want to start? I don't know. That's it. That's a conversation for next week or for Friday's show. Yeah. We'll say, um, but real quick, we'll talk quarterback first, obviously, although we already kind of went around the bush a little bit. Uh, Kenny Pickett was 15 of 28 for 160 yards, zero touchdowns, zero receptions. Again, no turnovers. That's great. This is what I said leading into the game. Like that was great last week. He didn't have any turnovers, but you got to put up points. We couldn't put up more than 10 in this game. If you score twice, two touchdowns, and make the extra points in this game, you win. That's crazy that we can't do that. Yeah. Especially with the weapons we have. And I, and we'll get into Deontay Johnson in a little bit, but he's still a weapon. So you have Deontay Johnson. You have George Pickens. You have Pat Frymuth back, who only caught one yard or one catch for seven yards. Darnell Washington, one for eight. You're passing to the tight ends, and they're getting more than five yards every play. Why are we not doing that more? Darnell yeah. Washington fell forward four yards while he was getting tackled. Like, and why are we waiting till third and 10 to do it? Yeah. Do that on first. Let's do down. it on second down. Do it on yeah. first. Get your four yards on first, do it on second down, and you got your first already. Like, it's just so, so ineffective on the play calling. You keep on getting into third and long situations um, and just making it difficult on yourself. You're making it predictable that you're going to pass on third down. And then the, the defense is just pinning their ears back and going for it. They're putting press coverage on the wide receivers, and they're just blitzing the living crap out of your quarterback. And then everybody's mad at Kenny for not throwing for 300 yards. Well, he's running for his life the whole dang game. Yep. Like, <laughs> I, yeah. It's, Kenny it, has to be better. Don't get me wrong. Kenny did not have a great game here at all. But I'm telling you, there's not too many quarterbacks in the league that if you're getting hit in the mouth, two, three times right at the beginning of the game on the first drive are going to be calm and collected all game long. Nope, there's no way. Um, And for anyone dogging on Kenny for this, quite frankly, and I talked about this on, we talked about this on the podcast, and I talked about this, I was streaming uh, on TikTok Live during the game, and I was talking to the people that were watching, I was like, literally, like I was calling the plays. Kenny can't get 300 yards passing when on, on three third downs in a row, you throw screen plays. It's yeah. not going to work that way. I don't care that the, oh, it's a different screen play. Uh, we, we ran him out to the side this time before we snapped them. Ooh, you got three guys lined up and you send somebody behind them. Yeah. Hello? I mean, I, you can't screen you can't telegraph screen play it anymore. more than that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you can't telegraph it anymore. And it would be and one then, thing if we did something the, different out of that formation, but we don't. Yeah, 
Yeah, that was it. When when they did that play that you're describing where there was three wide receivers on the left, then Jalen Warren goes out and they throw the screen behind it, and not a single wide receiver blocked anyone. Nope. That tells me that none of those wide receivers thought it was a screen play, which is yet a bigger problem that none of them understood they were supposed to be blocking. Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. if Jalen Warren was the first option on that play, then those wide receivers are all supposed to be blocking, and none of them did. Like, yep. how is that a thing? I thought we were getting improvement from the offensive coordinator position and from the play-calling standpoint, but the more I think about yeah. this game, the more I think and, – and here's the thing. You can throw blame at Deontay Johnson. That's fine. I understand mm -hmm. that. Deontay Johnson, three plays in a row late in the game. Um had a drop pass, had a, a a route that wasn't run correctly or whatever, and then had another play where he was probably supposed to run a, a solid just streak. A go. A go, just a whatever. Go pattern, yeah. And he didn't, or maybe he thought that, you know, he was going to play the zone differently, or maybe he thought there was an audible, whatever. You can say whatever you want. Your team, as an offensive coordinator, Matt Canada, is clearly coming into these games and playing these games unprepared. That's I understand the, the aspect that Deontay needs to catch the ball and these guys need to know what plays they're doing. But there's a certain aspect that, you know, the, the playing style and what we're seeing is reflective of probably what they're just getting away with in practice. There's no way you practice this all week and it looks good and then you come out and do this. There's no way. Yeah. It doesn't make sense to me. Even high school football. I watched a better high school football team on Friday night than what we played on on Sunday. And I just don't even understand it because I've seen high school coaches and high school teams and college coaches and college teams have better play calling than this. And that shouldn't be the case. I don't know if he just doesn't want to stay there. I don't know if he just wants to be fired. I don't know if he's, I don't, I don't get, it doesn't make sense to me. The most frustrating part for me is what is very obvious regression instead of improving. You know, at the beginning of the year, they're throwing for 220, 230, 240 yards on a regular basis. Yep. Now they're struggling to hit 120, 130 yards passing. That's incredibly insane. Like, there is almost no throwing to wide receivers happening at all now. And when it does, there's always miscommunication. Yep. Last week, we had a situation where, you know, Deontay runs deep and Kenny thinks he's going to stop and he throws it short and Deontay keeps running. This week, it's vice versa of that. How are these two not getting on the same page and playing together for two years now? It doesn't make sense. Something's not. Neither one of them knows what the other one's thinking. Yeah, something's not adding up here to make me believe that, you know, hey, they're having a good practice. They're prepared for the week. I'm sorry. I, and I keep saying this. I understand the players are responsible to performing certain things but there is clearly something wrong with the preparation in the week-to-week -week that this is a consistent problem. It's not just one week. It's not just, oh, hey, early on in the year, we, we started off slow. We're getting it together now. No, it's every single week there's problems, even on, the, even on the weeks that we get a win, thankfully. You know, the fact that there's miscommunication and stuff like that. And it's not little things. It's drastic, it's constant, and it happens a lot. And I don't know how he still has a job at this point. I understand they're not going to fire him. It's not going to happen. They're not going to. If they didn't do it during the bye week, they're not going to now. Yeah. Um, 
but wow, something needs to change offensively. And I hope that it's something. I mean, the Bills offensive coordinator got fired for less, in my opinion. I think our offense is more talented than the Bills offense, quite frankly. Maybe quarterback position, no. But the running back position, absolutely. The wide receiver, maybe not the number one, but the number two, three, and four, absolutely. Like, tight ends, Mm -hmm. absolutely. But we're not using them. Okay, offensive line, not even close. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) anyways, it's it's just a matter of I I don't get it, and I'm not trying to go on a rant here, James. I I apologize, but we got we got no. It is what it is, though, man, because it's frustrating because literally the Browns were not a good football team on Sunday. No, they weren't, and we got beat by what what appeared to be a bad football team. Yep, that's the most frustrating part to me is that it wasn't like the Browns came out there and put 40 points up. It's not like their offense was marching all over us. It's not like they stomped down the run game and forced us to pass and we couldn't pass. Like, we ran all over them. We ran at will all over them and couldn't convert the very basic things we need to in the pass game to complete drives and get get points on the board. James, real quick. 10 points is just miserable. T- tell me if this sounds like a winning football team. Twenty Quarterback was 24 oh, no. of 43 for 165 yards and, inter- and an interception. Oof, okay. <laughs> 24 of 43 for what? For 165 and an, and an interception. Ugh. Running back one. So less than 50%. Running back one, 12 carries for 36 mm. yards, averaging three carries or three yards a carry. Running back Ugh. two, 12 carries for 31 yards, but a touchdown. Averaging 2.5 yards per carry. A touchdown that never even crossed the goal line on, but go ahead. Exactly. Yeah, there wasn't enough evidence for that either, in my opinion. Yeah. But, uh, and then you had the quarterback who rushed for 20 yards on three carries. So, sure, a good 6.6 average for that. Um, your leading receiver had 60 yards. Your tight end had 56. So, like, yeah, the, the receivers had decent yards. No receiving touchdowns. Um, it just the, the offensive output was not there for us to lose this game. No, I mean, you could see it in the score. Don't be wrong. It's not like they, it's not like, holy crap, they put up 30 points. Where'd they come from? No, they only had to get 13. The def- our defense did their job. Yeah. Over to hold the Browns team. I don't care if you say, oh, they didn't have Deshaun Watson. I think that that was an advantage for Cleveland in all honesty, because there was not a whole lot of film on this guy on DTR. Um, they could have come out and done anything they wanted with him. Now, I don't get me wrong. In the second half, Pittsburgh played much better than in the first half, especially from a defensive standpoint. Uh, but to come out and to lose 10 to 13 to a team that's output was that is horrific and frustrating and confusing. And I just, if this game isn't a wake up call for Pittsburgh and for their offense and for Matt Canada and for Mike Tomlin to say, Hey, we got to fix something and we got to fix it now. It's like, they're okay with being mediocre. It's like, they're okay yeah. with, oh, we tried, we lost, move on. You know, one of the most frustrating parts for me is, as you were talking about the offensive output for the Browns in this game, mm-hmm. is that one of the things that I mentioned in Friday's episode was that, this quarterback is going to be three-step drops, ball out. Everything is going to be quick slants, quick outs, quick screens. So defensive line, good luck. You're not going to get to the quarterback most likely, which means get your hands up. We got zero tipped passes from our defensive line and linebackers. Zero. They weren't putting their hands up. Play after play. You never saw hands up from the defensive linemen. They would have had five or six bad passes 
easily, easily. And and then the Browns probably wouldn't have scored on at least one of those scoring drives as well yep. uh, because you would have had so many incomplete passes. And they, with even that, that they didn't do a basic thing that they typically do most weeks, which is bat a couple balls down. They did it zero times in this game, and he still completed less than 50% of his passes. Imagine if you were doing the minimum and getting your hands up. And, and I'm not pissed at the defensive line because, again, they had a hell of a game against the run. But, man, get your hands up when these short quarterbacks are throwing quick passes. It's so, like, it's such a basic thing to, to help out your secondary and linebackers, especially when you have a practice squad guy starting at middle linebacker and at safety. Yeah, yeah. Who was the oh was well, who got the start at middle linebacker? Thirty Michael Walker. Yeah. Yeah, Marcus Mark Robinson didn't play at all. That on, was on special teams. He had a really good play on special was, teams. Well, yeah. Um yeah. yeah, they keep letting him play special teams, but not on defense. Yeah. I don't know. Uh let's go back to the Steelers stuff. Jalen Warren rushing game, a lot better. Holy crap. Nine for 129 with his touchdown, his 75 yard run uh to start the second half was phenomenal. Uh, bumped up his average to 14.33. Nothing too crazy there. You know, your average 14.33 yards to carry. Uh, <laughs> would love to see that every week. Um, Najee Harris had 12 for 35, under three yards in average. But here's the thing, and I talked about this when I was on live watching the game. They block better for Jalen Warren. I don't know if it's mm-hmm. – I don't know if it is the players' excitement when Jalen's in there. I don't know if it is – the fact that Jalen Warren is smaller and can fit through holes better than Najee. I don't know if it's the fact, and this is what I think it is. I think they scheme running plays differently. You need to scheme it the same way that you do for Jalen and let Najee hit those holes as hard and as fast. Because even falling forward, he's going to get four or five yards. He may not squeeze through like Jalen Warren does and and burst for 15 or 20. But he's going to fall forward. He's going to get yards. How many times this game did I see him getting hit in the backfield? That one play was just absolutely horrific. I mean, no one blocked. I think it was actually Darnell Washington who missed this guy completely, and Najee got blown up in the backfield. It just doesn't make sense to me. Najee Harris is a better running back than what people think he is, and he's just not getting the blocking for it, period. No. Yeah, that's 100% accurate, and I've I've heard people say – that when Najee's in the game, the defense is stacking the box. They're bringing extra safeties and stuff down, anticipating the run in order to stop them. Well, you got to do something to counter it then, man. You got to start doing some play action or something and, and give them a help schematically. If you're going to just, okay, they brought safeties down. I'm not going to do anything to counter it all game long. Well, then Najee's stack boxes and his numbers look like trash because of it. Yep. And then Jalen Warren comes in and they're not worried about the power as much. They're worried about his speed, so they're staying back in an effort to try to, to not let him score the big touchdown run. Um, well, we'll see if that, that strategy continues for teams or if they start stuffing the box like they have been against Najee. But uh, I don't know. Jalen's production is it's incredible. He's doing a hell of a job. He's leading the entire team with most yards from scrimmage with 720 now. Um, He's really getting recognized for his abilities now. And I think at some point in time, the scale has to start getting tipped in favor of Jalen getting more touches than Najee. Yep. It's unfortunate, but it has to. Yeah. 
Uh, last year, he had all of last year, he had 77 attempts for 379 yards. This year so far, he has 80 attempts, three more, and almost a hundred or almost 130 at 493 yards, uh, av- averaging from 4.9 to 6.2 yards a carry with three touchdowns on the year compared to one yeah. last year. You got to start giving the ball more. Yep. When the offense is struggling that much, uh, you can't let the only guy that's being uber productive only touch the ball 12 times in the entire game. Yep. Not enough. Yep. No, Not I enough. Got to get it to him more. Uh, wide receiver room. Let's move on from here. Um, George Pickens had the ball thrown to him six times, four catches for 38 yards, and he was the best receiver on the game, and it wasn't close. Nope. Um, the number two receiver today was, well, yesterday, Allen Robinson with three catches on four targets for 20 yards. Uh, so both these guys caught, you know, two-thirds or three-quarters of the passes thrown their way. Uh, and then the Pro Bowl receiver making all the money, Deontay Johnson, two catches for 16 yards, eight targets. Uh, and I had him for at least two or three drop passes, um, one of which was just blatant, another one where it was over his head in his hands, but he let it go all the way through his hands. And it looked like he might've been about to catch it on the tail end of the ball. I don't think he but was since gonna. he let it all the way through the defender swiped it out of his hands. Like that's weight room. That's concentration. That's everything. Like I just thought it was a, a brutal performance from Deontay Johnson. Um, and regardless of whether he's running correct routes or not, uh, he's not catching the ball. He's consistently failing the team on third down. He's consistently failing the team in clutch situations. Uh, and he's making his quarterback look like crap. Yep. Uh, Deontay Johnson had two catches for 16 yards thrown to eight yeah. times. Jalen Warren had three catches also for 16 yards, but was only thrown to three times. He caught all of them. You can say they were screen passes. You can say they were easy catches. Blah, blah. I don't were. care. <laughs> so were some of Deontay's that he just flat out missed. Um, you know, the one on the sideline that went through his hands, like you were talking about, I, that's not an easy catch, but you're in the NFL. You get paid the big bucks for a reason. You're supposed to make mm-hmm. those catches. I'm not going to get two hands on it. I'm not going to baby someone in that situation when they're, they're making millions and I'm sitting here talking about it for free. <laughs> I'm just not yeah. sorry. That's just how it's going to work. I'm going to dog you all day for it. Um, Darnell Washington, one catch on one target. Pat Frymuth, one catch on one target. Najee Harris, one catch on two targets still better than 25% of catch rate, but still it's just frustrating to see the lack of Deontay Johnson's ability to be a playmaker for us. Yeah. Quite frankly, that's why I don't have anything else to say. Completely. It completely stalled several drives and most importantly, the last offensive drive where they're trying to seal the game. All they got to do is go down and get a field goal to get up three points. It's 10 to 10 at this point in time. Uh, and they throw to it three times in a row to Deontay, and all of them are incomplete. Yep. And some looks like miscommunication. Some looks like they're on the wrong page. And some just looks like he doesn't want to catch the ball. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I'll even look right here. When I look at the game thing with a minute, 42 seconds left, shotgun, Kenny Pickett, passing complete short right to Deontay Johnson. 138 left, shotgun, Kenny Pickett, passing complete deep right to Deontay Johnson. Uh, 132 left in the game, shotgun, Kenny. Kenny Pickett pass incomplete short left to Deontay Johnson. Three plays in a row, they said, hey, we're going to entrust you with this game. 
We're going to let you be the playmaker that you're supposed to be. Let you show us that you deserve the big bucks. Here you go. Boom, boom, boom. I, I don't know. I got to see something big out of Deontay next week for, for me to be okay with him, I don't know, being on the team. I'd, I'd rather see Calvin Austin get those targets, quite frankly. Yeah, at a certain point in time, you got to switch the number of targets going to Deontay because it's not getting you anywhere, man. It's costing you games at this point. Yeah. Um, we talked about the offensive line. We talked about the tight ends a little bit. Darno had a horrible game blocking and uh, well, one horrible play blocking. Um, and the one catch, Pat Frymuth had the one catch. I didn't even see Pat very much. I don't know how to feel about it. No, I imagine he probably wasn't playing a ton in this game. Uh, I, I didn't get a feel for snap count on it, but he was out there a decent amount at least. Um, yeah, again, not using the tight ends in – Passing game is just a criminal offense. When you have guys as skilled as these guys, like enough is enough. Uh, Cam Hayward looks like he wasn't even part of the strategy this week. Uh, so I don't know if that was good or bad, but end result was bad. So yeah, it was what it was. Take it for what you will. Let's switch over to the defense. There's at least a few guys that are positive to talk about on this side of the ball. So I think it'll be a slightly more enjoyable uh, side to talk about. Uh, Cam Hayward was very stout in this game. Uh, stuffing the run over and over, even a one-handed tackle at one point to the running back while getting held, uh, just grabbed the the running back and threw him right on down to the ground. Just uh, a good performance out of him for sure. Uh, also thought Keanu Benton was excellent plugging the lanes. Yep. Uh, so we, we got what we needed to as far as run stopping from the defensive lineman. Drastically. Still no penetration. Still didn't get the passing. Still not getting sacks out of these guys. No, and I don't think, I mean, you talked about it last week. I don't think this was the game where we were going to see that. We, I, we would have rather have seen them jumping yeah. up and getting batted passes. Um, and unfortunately, yeah. we didn't see that. But, you know, then you bump to the, the edges. You know, I saw a lot of great play from Alex Highsmith. Unfortunately, not a lot of stats to show for it. Um, but Alex yeah. did a great job on contain a lot of the time. He did, He had some good pressures. TJ Watt obviously had the one sack. He had two tackles for loss. TJ Watt can't do enough, man. I'm telling you, TJ Watt is just uh, a wrecking ball for this team, but unfortunately doesn't have enough help to really make anything happen. Um, and they're making it work through a tight end before he even gets to the tackle on yep. every play. Yep. Uh, so it, it's it's a minimum two offensive blockers that he has to beat on every play. Uh, and I think you're right as far as Alex with six total tackles on the day four assists to go with two solos. Uh, he was very stout against the run. He did not lose contain on his side, and that's so important. Yeah. Um, I thought it was a decent performance out of Nick Herbig. I didn't see him getting, you know, blown up or three tackles. Three plays. Three plays. <laughs> yeah, still, but that's my point. Yeah, I mean, Three defensive plays, he had and he got tackle. one tackle and one assist. <laughs> on three that's plays? That's good. great. That's great. Yeah. Um, I'll take that all day. Uh, so, again – you know, the, going to the middle linebackers, I thought we ha saw the best performance we've seen all year out of Valinda Roberts, minus the game-winning interception, maybe. Um, he had two tackles for loss that I think were both on screenplays, if I'm not mistaken, where he just read them. Or not even screenplays, maybe short outs or flats. But um, Atlanta Roberts did a phenomenal job of making sure nothing got past him this game when it was in front of him and moving and attempting to move downfield. Um Big hitter, nine tackles, four assists. He was all over the field. I, I, was, pr I was 
pretty impressed um, with his yeah. play in this game, in all honesty. So, Yeah, I thought he had a pretty solid game. This was a game built for him, right? Uh, this is a team that wanted to run at us. He's a run-stopping specialist, uh, so this was geared for him. That's why I was so surprised that Pittsburgh didn't let Mark Robinson play more in this game. Uh, I don't think I saw him on a single defensive snap, nope, honestly. I didn't. Michael Walker got the start uh, and played the whole way when there was two middle linebackers. Uh, and Michael Walker, as far as his his stat line, is almost non-existent. Two assists. Uh, he had two, two assists, zero solo tackles. Uh, so didn't really contribute to help the team. I mean, sure, he was out there. He was where he's supposed to be, I guess. But um, – didn't make an impact. I feel like you would have gotten more out of Mark Robinson. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Hopefully they agree too. And we can see more of Mark Robinson next week because that was in my opinion, pointless. Um, Walker really didn't do anything. Uh, looking at the secondary, we, we saw Joey Porter probably allow the most receptions he's allowed all year um, against Amari Cooper. Mark Cooper just has a very quick first step and on these slants and these in routes. Um, was just doing, yeah. Well, and push, he pushes yeah, okay. off. That's true. Too. I know. <laughs> and, and there's some aspect of they, they let the wide receivers play and the defensive backs play on a couple of plays. There were a couple of good note calls that I was actually proud of. Um, the coaching, uh, the refereeing, granted, some of it was bad. We won't get to that, I guess. Um, but I was mostly impressed this game with Trenton Thompson. I, I For a guy to come in off the practice squad and, um, be elevated for this game. I mean, the the play shows itself. I mean, he was all over the field. He had, I believe, six total tackles, five solos, and one assist. Um, mm-hmm. He just did a great job all around. He also had two pass breakups. Yeah. And almost had an interception on one of those. It hit him in the chest. Mm-hmm. Uh, and could have been a, a big swing in momentum if he catches that ball. Uh, but you have to like the activity. The kid, like you said, he was all over, and he's not a big kid. He's only like 196 pounds on a six-foot or six-one frame. He, he's built almost more like a corner than he is a safety, uh, but he doesn't play like one, man. He hits hard for, for a little safety. Uh, so I like him. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity uh, to, to show what he can do. And uh, we're going to see a little bit more of Trenton Thompson in the future here as, as we know that Keanu Neal – is out for the season now. Uh, and at this stage also, we haven't seen Minka Fitzpatrick even start practicing yet. So nope. I don't think that you should expect that to come soon. They keep on hinting that maybe it's going to be soon, maybe it's going to be soon, and then he doesn't even go limited during the week. So I don't think it's going to be as soon as they're hoping it's going to be. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and some injuries happen in the game that play a factor into this. We can get into it later. You know, No, we'll talk about it now. Uh, it just makes sense. Elijah Riley had an ankle injury during the game. Uh, he he is placed on the IR now, and so they. With that being said, and with how well Trenton Thompson played, not only by what we saw, but the team saw apparently as well. Um, he did get signed to the fifty-three man squad from the practice squad, so he has an, an official spot on the fifty-three. Doesn't need to be elevated anymore. He's there. Um, so excited for that. We'll see what happens with that moving forward. I wasn't super impressed with anyone else in the secondary other than maybe Patrick Peterson. He had a couple decent plays. He had one pass breakup um, and Shannon Sullivan had the one tip pass that was intercepted. That was good. Uh, mm-hmm. But yeah, Shannon got his hands on the ball a few times in this game. So mm-hmm. um, 
he's at least somebody who's very active with his hands, whether he's tipping balls at the line of scrimmage or, or getting on on stuff in the secondary. Uh, I do like his contributions as far as getting his hands on the ball. I would have liked to have seen him blitz more. I love those nickel blitzes. I know it's not my yeah. Kilton. it's not my Kilton. It's not it's, quite the same. Well, no, it really just really hasn't been effective at all. That's the only thing. Isn't that how we got an interception or uh, in preseason? He ran up and tipped the ball on a blitz play. Am I, th- am I making that up? I mean, I guess maybe in the preseason. Yeah, <laughs> I'm thinking regular season. I know, I know, <laughs> but like that's why you gotta you gotta look at the guys there. Um, anything else for you yeah. on this on the secondary guys? No, uh, you know we saw a little bit of James Pierre in the game, but I don't think he had any stats. Uh, so I'm a little bit curious as to how the rotation was going in this game because it seemed like everybody was getting a chance to play. You know, Elijah Riley was playing. I didn't get a feel for if that was safety or in slot corner. Uh, James Pierre was getting some play time. Um, Elijah Riley's injury, he got, like, ran over by Cam Hayward. <laughs> that was a, a friendly fire collision, unfortunately, that took him out for the rest of the year. I'm pretty so, sure I saw yeah. – Miles Killebrew even get a snap on defense. Yeah. 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 Killebrew was getting some snaps as well. So. And I think that was a little bit in, in relation to wanting a bigger safety out there on, on the shorter yardage situations where you would have put Keanu Neal out there before. That's where you want to put Miles Killebrew. That's his best scenario. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh, special teams wise, boss for president, one for one on field goals, one for one on extra points. Per the usual. Could have kicked four extra points in this game. Would have still lost by one. Or four field goals, excuse me. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Presley Harvin had a pretty bad game, in my opinion. Uh, he had the one. Last that- two punts were horrible. Yeah. yeah, I thought he was fine until. But when they needed him the most, he was bad. Yeah. Um, Calvin Austin caught his balls. That's a plus. He did He did the fair catching. He had. I think he only returned one. Am I, am I mistaken that? He had two fair oh, catches and then a return. This is so jacked up. I know. It says um, a 17-yard average. I don't, yeah, it doesn't have it recorded correctly, so yeah. I can't really tell you. I know I know he had it. I think it was two fair catches and then one return that went maybe 20 yards or 17 yards or whatever it was. But again, um, I, I don't know. This game was a, a crap show from the beginning. Um, you know, Pittsburgh did a good job of forcing that that punt early in the game, but then it was like nothing mattered from that. Nothing came of it. We had that, we got pinned back deep right off the bat, almost had a safety, and then we let them drive down 50. I mean, well, with that punt too, you know, they got, they fair caught the ball at the 50-yard line. They started from midfield for that first touchdown drive, and it was the only touchdown of the game Um, for them. They had a couple of them because of bad punts where they started – at midfield or even on our side of the field already, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, which is just embarrassing. You got to do better than that. You got to flip the field. I felt like Presley Harvin was having a pretty good season, and it's starting starting to fall apart a little bit for him. Uh, and this is when it's most important too. Yeah. Uh, so you got to improve that. He's got to have a bounce back game against the Bengals on that. So um, post game transactions, Cody already let you guys know as far as the. Safety transactions with Trenton Thompson officially being on the 53. Mm-hmm. He'll be your starting safety next to DeMonte KZ until Minka Fitzpatrick returns. Uh, Elijah Riley, as he noted, went to the injured reserve. That will likely end his season. 
no word as to what the ankle injury is. If it's just like a high ankle sprain, he might be healthy enough to come back at the end of the year. Um, if the injury bug continues in that room, you never know. You might see him again. Now, the real interesting thing is yep. that Pittsburgh has made some moves to add to the practice squad some pretty serious former NFL talent um, who both of them kind of worked their way into retirement. Um, Miles Jack has come out of retirement and signed with the Pittsburgh Steelers practice squad. This is likely something where you'll see him, I would imagine, on the practice squad for a week or two while he's weightlifting and making sure he knows everything on the playbook. And then we will probably see him in a week or two starting right next to Landon Roberts. Yep. Um, Miles was more of a specialist against the pass than he was the run. Uh, and that's what this team really needs right now. Uh, so if he's in any kind of shape at all, this could be a real nice addition. Uh, you know, we were scratching our heads after Quan Alexander went down with Cole Holcomb having gone down the week before saying, who the heck is out there? Who is not on a team that could actually help and improve this middle linebacker room? Well, Miles Jack might be the answer there. Uh, and in a similar situation, Eric Rowe signed to the practice squad. Eric Rowe has been on multiple teams, corner and a safety in the NFL. Yep. I would think that Pittsburgh's most likely interested in his safety capabilities at this age. Uh, he's like, what is he, like 30 or 31 or something like that? So he's, uh, he's no spring chicken, but he's got a decent resume. I feel like he was a decent quality player in the NFL for a few years there. So. I think this is going to be someone to solidify the safety room a little bit. He just turned 31. Uh, because honestly, just turned 31. Okay, yeah, so right right on there. Um, you got to be worried about depth at safety right now. That's the thing. You know, you're, you're running with Trenton Thompson and DeMonte KZ with Elijah Ryan back up and Killebrew as a backup, but you really don't want to play him at safety. And the guys that you had on the practice squad are being moved up, and then they're hurt, and you're just running out of warm. So uh, this is at least somebody who has a lot of experience in the NFL should should have a good IQ and understand where he's supposed to be on plays. Yeah, yeah, that's all we can ask for at this point. Quite frankly, it's not like there's somebody else in yeah. free agency just waiting to be. Let me play at my expertise no. level. I don't know. Um. Is what it is. So hopefully next week will be better than this week because this was rough. This was not a fun week for us Steelers fans, especially against yeah, a team like backup the Backup quarterback again next week. I'm worried. <laughs> you should be. I'm worried. <laughs> you should be. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's going to be a wrap on this episode. We thank you guys so much for listening or watching if you're on YouTube. Remember to subscribe on YouTube uh, and like, and follow on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube right here. If you're watching, subscribe and ring the bell. It's free. It doesn't cost you a thing. And until next time, this is your host, James and Cody signing off. Peace.